Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host and navigator, Robert Batista. The Funky Writers Show has been called the most informative, eclectic outlet for all wordsmiths and literati. Now celebrating over six years of dynamic Writers Talk Radio. Connect with us on our exciting Twitter page by going to at the Funky Writer. It is with great pleasure that we have as our guest the fascinating writing duel, Alan Harris and Jason Gray, a.k.a. Harris Gray. Welcome, Jason and Alan, to the Funky Writers Show. Robert, it's a pleasure. Uh, We have one voice. How's the other one? Jason? Jason? You know, Jason was, uh, he's on his way. Um, He'll have a phone. I have him, I have him here. Uh, I see him on the line. All right, okay. so we'll just go ahead and start with you, Alan. Um, the urban legend has it already set on how you guys came together at Jason's Coffee Shop, Crowfoot Valley Coffee. But what I want to know, Alan, is... How was the coffee? Was it good? How did it taste? And also, how was the food in that restaurant? Uh, You know, I'll tell you, when I moved from Minneapolis to Castle Rock, Colorado, back in 2000, I was sure that I was going to have to uh, do my writing at at, uh, maybe a national chain. Uh, (laughs) it It was a very pleasant surprise to find Jason's shop. Jason's been in the business for a number of years. Uh, he uh, did uh, cut his eye teeth in in a couple of those national chains and then struck out on his own. He has a unique roasting style. Uh, he has a unique style. Period. So I knew I was in the right place the first time I first time I sipped that latte and and sat down in Jason's little nook corner seat and began to write. So from what I hear, again, the urban legend has it that uh, you were writing and, and doing your thing, and then all of a sudden you'd take a trip to the restroom or somewhere, and there'd be some notes on your, your scribblings and your writings. And in the beginning, that kind of made you a little angry. Uh, how did you get beyond that to actually start the collaboration? We 
you know, sitting in that in that nook seat, uh, listening to Jason tell his tales to his customers, uh, eavesdropping from time to time, uh, I asked him to write those stories down just in case something uh, something were to happen to him. And judging from his stories, I thought it was pretty likely that was going to occur. So the next day I come back and I've got this yellow notepad waiting for me at my nook seat and it's crammed full of Jason's stories. Uh, and they're, they're entertaining in a number of ways. So I, I typed them up and, and uh, added a little forward to them. Uh, Jason drew up some recipes. Uh, so each story, each of these little stories of his has a little recipe attached to it. It's, it's his adventure stories from his, from his slightly younger days. Uh, and it, it just felt right. The, 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 we didn't really plan on a collaboration. It was, that was going to be the sole, uh, the sole result was that little, that little, uh, compilation. Uh, but, but things took off from there. We, uh, it, it just felt right writing together. We really, really discovered that we play off each other very well. Yes, definitely. It sounds like it. Uh, Jason, are you with us? Do you agree? Yes. Can you, can you hear me yet? Yes, yes, I can hear you oh, now. Um, go nice. ahead. So, uh, the good news is I, I got to hear all the nice stuff that Alan was saying. I, I was pretty sure that he, <laughs> I was I was pretty sure that he could hear me. So I mean, he knew that I could hear him. So uh, I'm, he he was very pleasant about me. That was nice for a change. Yes, yes, because Robert. you know what I I know about all the uh, the legend and all that about you guys writing and collaborating. But I think the most important question that our listeners wanted to know was how was the coffee at Crawford? How was the food at Crawford? And I tell <laughs> you, he gave it high marks, man. So that's that's really really good, Jason. Yeah, he was really nice about that. It's, you know, he he knows that there's a free beer waiting for him. <laughs> So, guys, let's talk about your very first literary collaboration. What was it? Was it published? And if so, who published it and how did it get published? Yeah, that, that first collaboration that I referenced, it's, uh, the name of it is And We Fish Some More, uh, dot, 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 And We Fish Some More. We self-published that. Uh, we didn't spend a lot of time uh, promoting it, marketing it. Uh, then we moved in pretty pretty quickly to the the first full novel that we wrote together, which is was Java Man, and that was published, I think, three years ago. Uh, we spent a long time in that uh, that that story had been percolating for me for a while, and when Jason and I started to uh, to collaborate, I, I realized the setting in his coffee shop, a fictionalized uh, version of Crowfoot Coffee set in North Dakota where I originally hail from right. was just perfect. And so, yeah, that, so things, things took off from there. Yeah, they did. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, just, it was just that, uh, you know, um, I would say that Alan decided to drop that into the, um, the, the, the location into, into the, uh, coffee shop. And, uh, and then, I would say now, you know, in, in that book, it, it's hard to tell what's what's fiction and what's not fiction. So it states on your fantastic website, HarrisGray.com, as their tales converged and became inseparable, Harris Gray took shape, the writer and the storyteller. Now, are these roles exclusively set in stone, or are they somewhat interchangeable, interchangeable guys? Yeah, I would say it, in the beginning, 
uh, we, we had comments. It was it was pretty interesting. We'd have uh, folks that knew both of us would take a look at our early drafts and uh, and they would have a good time picking out who wrote what. Uh, and for the most part, they were right. And then as as we played off of each other and went back and forth and edited uh, edited with each other, I would write something and then Jason would edit it and and vice versa. Uh, our style started to fuse together. Uh, so uh, we knew we had something uh, something good going on when uh, friend, people that knew us very well, friends and family, could could no longer separate or pick out the the uh, the Jason passage from the Allen passage. Harris Gray, that's exactly what it is. So what I gather, Jason, is you were sort of like Steve Martin, a wild and crazy dude, and had a childhood and youth full of fascinating exploits that you basically story told to your captive audience in the coffee shop. Is that basically how it went? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I had the um, I did have a captive audience that couldn't run away because you know most of them liked the coffee enough that they wanted wanted to listen to me talk. So <laughs> that's that important, nice. exactly. Yes, so that was good, and then. You know, from our first book, it has a bunch of stories, like Alan mentioned earlier, um, just things that happened. I mean, we, um, you know, uh, you know, I I broke out of jail once, and that's in the, that's in that short story book. Um, you know, I I I fell in in chest waders in in Alaska in a river uh, when I lived up there for about ten years. Um, I went high, hang gliding with uh, the fan man, who was a a nonfiction uh, gentleman who uh, was actually flew into the Buster Douglas Holyfield fight. Um, I, I actually learned how to um, paraglide from him in Alaska. So there's a, there's a handful of different stories, and and then they make this they make their ways into all of our books. You know, I mean, you know, we, we you know, everyone writes what they know, and and that's right. kind of what we do. And uh, it was more fortunate with Alan that 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 uh you know that he lets me lets me do that. Um, you know, mostly. Sometimes he he edits it out of there, but mostly he lets me do that. Oh, Robert, I didn't the, actually... uh, Go ahead. I was going to say our biggest, my biggest challenge is convincing Jason that just because he's a little bit older and and uh, supposed to be more mature, that doesn't mean he has to stop having these exploits. <laughs> that is so true. Uh, I didn't ask you guys how long have you guys been together. This is what 2015. When did you guys first start out? I think we started writing in 2004, Alan, is that right? Yeah. Wow. We were, yeah, together from 2000, but not really a couple until 2004. Yeah. Exactly. We knew each other platonically in 2000, and then it got a lot more serious in 2004. Platonically. Um, he, I like that. I like yeah. that. So, yeah. Well, our wives think it's platonic still, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, well, I won't tell. Neither will my audience. <laughs> uh, so... Let's talk about the exciting trilogy you guys have called Vampire Vic. How did you guys flesh out this origination of this story? And where are you right now in setting up the second installment, which I understand is getting ready to come out? That is correct. Uh, we, you know, we brainstorm together uh, from time to time. Each of us, each of us comes up with an idea, uh, and we'll bounce it off the other one. In this case. I, I think it was Jason who uh, who brought up the the possibility of of uh, writing a vampire tale. It was back in the the days when uh, that certain vampire story uh, 
the chased teen uh, vampire story was getting going uh, or or uh, raging uh, across the country. And we thought, you know, why not us? Uh, and then then we realized that we really don't know how to write chased, sexy uh, uh, teen vampires. So we we uh, we decided to, sh- to shift gears a little bit. Uh, and, and then Jason, uh, so I, and I, I kind of dropped it. I thought, you know, that's the end of that. It, it's really not going to be our style. And then, uh, a few days later, I get, uh, a couple chapters, the first couple chapters of Vampire Vic from Jason. It was very clear in his mind, uh, what this thing should look like. And it took off from there. Well, there's a brilliance in this because, you know, let's, let's talk about, you know, what we know is that the book market is somewhat oversaturated with romance, erotica, and vampire stories. Everybody writes romance, erotica, and vampire stories just about. But Vampire Vic is an against-the-grain creature where he's homely, he's balding, and hates the sight of blood. Talk about going against type. I mean, how did that that thing just hits you like lightning to go against that type. As you said, you didn't really know how to write about a sexy vampire, so you write about this basic guy that's, you know, everything but sexy. How did you guys come up with that oxymoron tale? Well, I, I think it's partly, it's, it's something that Al and I do a lot, is that we try to take, you know, everyday stuff, and when we do write about it, kind of twist it a little bit. I mean, we, we uh, have a lot of fun you know, coming at things with different angles. Um, and, you know, I think that, that uh, with the vampire stuff, there's, I mean, there's a lot of va- great vampire books out there. Um, but we just knew that that wasn't our wheelhouse. And, and coming right. from it from a, coming from from that a- different angle was, was a lot of fun for us. And we do that, I think, with a lot of our writing. Yeah, some of our favorite scenes of Vampire Vic really aren't, uh, aren't, vampire scenes as, as people right. might think of them. Yeah, they're in the, they're in the home. They're, they're Vic uh, worrying about his relationship with his ex-wife who, right. uh, yeah, for, econ- for economical reasons and maybe other reasons has decided she's not going to move out uh, regardless of the fact that they're divorced. Uh, his his uh, staff at work, we, we have him dealing with, uh, with the things that, that you know, people deal with. He's got a staff at work, his accounting staff at work, doesn't respect him. Vic picks up the slack for them. Uh, has a boss that's riding him uh, day and night, and it and it only gets worse. The vampire, the fact he's a vampire, only exacerbates things that he can't take control. He, you know, he's that's kind of what his dream was is when he became a vampire. Well, at least I should be able to take control of my life, and uh, it's just not that simple, and doesn't work out that way for him. Yeah, I, I love that hook. So, so okay, so you got this this Walter Mitty type of vampire. So what happens when he goes over the edge and crosses the line and actually, you know, gets into his vampire shtick? I mean, does he change somewhat? Does he become more appealing? Yeah, I think you're right. So that, and that's where the, you know, that's where the, um, the fun really begins is when right. he, he, he does finally bite somebody. He bites his, his receptionist secretary and, you know, and, you know, he's really, really upset about it. And then actually she likes it. Um, she be, she becomes his Renfeld of sorts, um, and actually starts setting him up on so-called dates, so that he can bite other people. And then there's a transformation in himself. You know, the self-confidence comes back. He starts working out, and so on and so forth. Um, and of course, that's going to ebb and flow and have its peaks and valleys. 
And we think it's cool, the trade-off uh, that, that you see in life a lot of times with, with that power, uh, maybe not great responsibility, but uh, downsides that come with, uh, with having that, the, you know, the, the extra confidence, his, his mind starts to change. And, and the way the, vampire, the, the vampirism, uh, he's, he's in danger of losing the things that are, are very unique and lovable about, about Vic. But uh, when he's in it, it's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde type of story. When, when he's in it and when he's feeling the power, uh, he's loving it. Uh, and, and then book one uh, comes to a head with, with that kind of a uh, dilemma that, uh, that Vic is going to face throughout the trilogy is to whether or not to embrace that vampirism and potentially lose his humanity uh, while, while things start to get a little bit crazier in the world around him. Sounds fascinating. I, I love that. She becomes his Renfield. <laughs> that is so cool. So, guys, let's talk about feedback. How was the first book, Vampire Vic, received? Who, the people who've read and absorbed it, or how did they respond to it? Well, we can say right off, uh, we've, I, I, we've had great feedback. Uh, we, we were an indie reader, top 10 book for 2014. So uh, it, that fired us up, and we had we had the second book in process at that point, uh, and we've we've finished that the the second second edition second uh, book in the in the trilogy since then. Uh, so uh, and, and we have a publicist now that uh, is just doing a fabulous job for us, including lining up this interview. We couldn't be more happy. Uh, to be with you today and to have the opportunities that uh, that she is giving us. Her name is Sammy Lean. Samantha Lean uh, works for Roger Charlie, a uh, publicity firm here in Denver. Uh, so uh, we're we're pretty excited about the momentum we're getting. Yeah, I've I've communicated with her, and she is top of the line, top notch, and uh, I, I really like her. Um, guys, you also put out books called Java Man and An Extra Shot from Java Man. I take it the extra shot is a sequel, but <laughs> with you guys, I'm not so sure. Is it? It no. was. Yeah, it, it's it's a uh, <laughs> it's like an alternate, uh, a little alternate story, a little extra. Kind of what the name says, a little extra piece of Brian Lawson. Brian Lawson is the protagonist uh, in Java Man. He is the coffee shop owner. Uh, so this gives it's a little slice of Brian from his from his younger days. You get a little feel for, gives you a little hint into what his early life was like and how uh, how that feeds into the main story. It gives you just a little bit better color for that main story and hopefully whets your appetite for uh, for the full the full latte, so to speak. Yeah, and we've talked about actually having, you know, uh, several sequels to, the, to that book. I mean, not even, not, not even trilogies, like uh, several sequels and offshoots and that kind of stuff. We haven't explored it much, but we have talked about it. But it was that book was a lot of fun to write. It was a pretty powerful book about uh, cancer, a lot of uh, true um, cancer research that Alan did on, on, wow. on William William Coley, and then. And so it's a powerful, I mean, hopefully a super funny book, but it's dark and it's and it's twisted. Um, and then and then we take the cancer seriously. And uh, it, even though it's um, hopefully very funny, um, it's very poignant and it has um, it has some gut wrenching parts in it. It was very fun to write and very hard to write for both of us. A great mix. Um, let's talk about Jason and Alan, the people. 
on the Funky Writers Show, the authors are just as important as the books they write. Guys, and I'm going to ask you individually uh, to talk a little bit about your history and yourself and what brought you to the place you are. Where did you grow up and what type of child were you? Were you a conformist? Were you rebellious or a little bit of both? Let's start with Jason. Um, well, you know, I, I grew up, I was born in Montana, but I grew up in Washington State, okay. uh, near C- near Seattle, suburb of Seattle. Um, you know, and uh, I was, you know, probably your average kid for the most part. I, I fairly athletic, had a letter to a lot of sports, um, played soccer in college. Um, both my parents are still together and still alive. And actually, they moved in to uh, um, me and my wife's house about three years ago. Um, my father has Parkinson's and dementia, and he needs a little bit of help. And so we moved him in our, our house, and it's been a blessing there. Um, I lived in Alaska for 10 years, and uh, I've been in the coffee industry for an awfully long time. That's all I really know what to do anymore. And um, <laughs> and then so uh, when I got transferred from Alaska to Denver, uh, I, w- I was in the process of getting transferred back up to Alaska and decided to stay in Colorado. And you know, I say that you know, I was um, I I was one of those kids who I pushed the envelope a lot without realizing I was pushing the envelope. Like I think Alan, you know, jokes around that you know he he wants me to keep pushing the envelope because it's good for story making. Um, but there was an awful lot of close calls out there that I I, I shouldn't be around, and and I'm blessed that I am around. So that, and then yeah, and so you know, I mean, I, I think a lot of people can say that about their own lives for sure, and I'm. You know, I, I'm a true testament, and uh, you know, and then Alan and I—we—it's really fun because we feed off each other. I think that neither one of us spends as much time writing or even together as we like to. We like to—we would like to hang out more and take. We, we plan a lot of family vacations or outings, or you know, just hanging out together, and a lot of it just can't happen. So, and you, Alan? Uh, well, working backwards from that. Uh, we are surrounded by wonderful people that do everything they they can to to facilitate our writing. My wife Julie is uh, is incredible. She understands what drives me and uh, and makes uh, makes time or or creates some space for me to write uh, when I need to, uh, which is a lot. Uh, we have uh, Julie's sister here in uh, in Castle Rock. Uh, she and her husband have a house up in Grand Lake, right outside of the Rocky Mountain National Park. Jason and I, uh, they're very gracious to have allowed Jason and I to consider that our writing retreat. So we get up there when we can. Uh, and it's it's same as Jason. It's just been, uh, we, ha- we have a great life here. We, uh, uh, I've, I've been married for uh, 26 years, I think is the number. Wow. Uh, <laughs> going back to North Dakota. Yeah, thank you. Uh, grew up in North Dakota, uh, went to the University of North Dakota. Uh, you know, and I was talking to a, uh, a young man last night, a friend of my son's, a friend of the family's, uh, and he talked about, he, he's an insightful guy, and he said something, something to the effect that I know that you, I can see that you uh, find your outlet in writing. And he was looking for his outlet. And he recognized that, uh, the beauty of that for me, uh, just from the, the things I've said to him and, you know, the, the how I've described uh, how that feels. 
uh, and I, I was lucky enough to have an English professor back in uh, at the University of North Dakota, uh, the English comp, uh, uh, the creative comp side of the Your English English class, who brought me in and introduced me to the dean. I had no, absolutely no inclination to write. I enjoyed doing it, but didn't really think of it as, as a profession or even as an outlet, a uh, creative outlet. And she introduced me to the dean of the English department as her favorite, favorite student, at least for that semester. Uh, and, and a couple of years into working, uh, working in the, you know, the, the regular world, uh, it, it just hit me that this is what I want to do. And, and so ever since then I've been, been writing and then, uh, the, with the move to Castle Rock, uh, the, the Harris Gray partnership that, that sprang up was just the best thing that could have happened. Alan, who were some of the authors you enjoyed reading as a young person and what were some of the books that affected you the most back then? Uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs, the John Carter Carson? of Mars series, mm-hmm. I just knocked my socks off. I loved, loved those series. I, I'm almost hesitant to, I haven't picked them up since then. Uh, my mom, uh, broke out a, a dusty box of books from the attic. I've actually got wow. them. She saved them. Yeah. It, so it, it's nostalgic to look at it, but I've been afraid to, to dig in if, you know, to, to lose that feeling. I don't want to ever lose that feeling, uh, uh, the Lord of the Rings is another one, and, and maybe that's why I had that uh, that sensation. You know, reading it as a kid and the world that it created uh, was something else. And then when I read it for my kids, when when they were just just before they were able to start reading for themselves, uh, we'd sit down and read at night together, and it wasn't the same. You know, reading it as an adult uh, just didn't have that same transformative magical effect. Uh, but yeah, those two writers uh, back in the day, they I, I think. Their ability to create that that uh, that world uh, and that kind of magical magical place and the, the heroism that they write about, uh, I I love that. I love those themes. Jason, how about you? Uh, who were some of the authors in books back then? Well, when I was younger, like I'd say, you know, middle school, junior high, and high school, I wrote I wrote I read read a lot of the Stephen King books. I was really into Stephen King. Um, and my sister got me into Philip Dick books and Heinlein, a lot of the science fiction as well. So I kind of wavered back and forth between science fiction and like a, a kind of the horror books from Stephen King. Uh, I, I preferred more of his uh, of his um, more serious books. I like The Stand, um, Langoliers, that kind of stuff. I didn't like as much of his horror stuff, but uh, but I did read that as well. Um, and then the, the Philip Dick books. Um, were always really good, um, as well as Heinlein. I, I like the imagery and the uh, the futuristic stuff that he did. Um, so that was those were probably the the, the three authors. That I just I, I liked to read a lot. Um, and then I started reading you know historical fiction a little later on. Um, gosh, I can't remember the the, the, the writer uh, escapes me right now, but a lot of historical type um, you know, fiction that I like to read. Let's talk about the fusion of collaboration. It is widely known that Abbott and Costello and Lewis and Martin, by the time they they finished up, they hated each other, and they went off into their separate ways. But you guys seem to have such a balance and a yin-yang type of collaboration and fusion. Um, what is that based on? Are you saying it's inevitable, Robert? At some point, this has got to end. <laughs> no, no. I'm saying that you guys have 
the magic that just keeps you guys together, and I want to know <laughs> what your secret is. I uh, man, you know, it, it, we we uh, I think we I don't know if we wonder anymore. At the beginning, I think we wondered whether that whether that was really there and whether it would continue. And now that it's been ten plus years, um, we've we've gone through a number of different books that we were the uh, that we've finished, uh, a couple screenplays that we've worked on together, uh, various that you know just even blog posts, creative blog posts uh, that one of us will launch, uh, one of us will come up with an idea, and the other one will feed off of that. Uh, it we you know it's it's I think part of partly that we have that same the same things make us laugh. Uh, uh, Jason makes me laugh all the time. Uh, and then that makes him laugh when I laugh so much at the way he makes me laugh. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's it's we're, we're very different in a lot of ways. Uh, we we think of ourselves as, as somewhat of an odd couple, uh, but at that core, uh, you know, deep down at the core, the things that we enjoy in life uh, and that entertain us and that and that scare the hell out of us, uh, they're they're pretty much in sync. So which yeah, one is Felix? And which one is Oscar? Well, I would say that Alan's Felix for sure, and I'm Oscar for sure. I mean, we <laughs> we talk about it, you know, and and uh, you know, Alan can be a little bit of a pristine. Um, he likes things a certain way, and and I'm and Alan's very, um, you know, he he is very good about his craft of writing. You know, he writes every single day, and I write willy nilly. Wow. I'll I'll write, um, you know. You know, all day, one day, and then not at all for a week or so, and then I'll wake up in the middle of the night and have to write, and and so, you know, I respect the way that Alan writes a lot, and then I I don't think he respects the way I write at all. But that's fine, and um, and but but we just have a good time together. We like I said we we are kind of a yin and yang, but at the core, um, we laugh at the same things. We have the same you know I think quirky humor. Um, you know, Alan is an unabashed atheist. I'm a Christian. So we kind of we kind of attack things that way sometimes. You know, when we write, Alan will write that way, and I'll write um, in my way, and then and then it just seems to combine very well. And, and uh, a lot of times, you know, I'll attack something from a certain angle, and he'll hate it at the first reading, and then um, he'll change some stuff and and give it back to me, and then next thing you know, it, it just works. And Robert, just for a quick follow-up there, do, do I get like a 30-second follow-up to this point-counterpoint? You can have as much time as you want. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jason's. I love Jason's style. The what I think of as the muse, uh, the muse uh, approach. It, when it hits him, man, he's just got to sit down and crank it out, and it, it'll it'll come at unexpected times, just like you said, middle of the night type of thing, where. Uh, where the next morning I'll wake up and uh, a little draft of whatever, a chapter, a blog, uh, an idea is sitting there waiting for me. I, I, I marvel at that. That's, that's definitely not my style. Uh, and another way that the two of us are so different, uh, but we both appreciate each other's style so much and feed off of it uh, that, that, yeah, we, we really think we've got a, a perfect match for the two of us. On a serious note, guys, is that, you know, uh, I'm not going to forget, and I'd like to bring up that um, you guys are also husbands and fathers. And what I'd like to ask is um, your children, I'm sure they have your sense of humor, uh, but do you see an artistic side in them? Or are they going to be budding writers? What do you say about that? What do you think, Jason? Uh, well, I mean, 
I can start with mine is, is both my kids like to write. Um, right. They are not, they, 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 um, I don't think they love to write, they'd like to write, but they love to read. They're ferocious readers. Um, um, they're, uh, 13 and 15, uh, Keegan and Aiden respectively. And both boys, and they just, they chew up, uh, books, I mean, and spit them out. I mean, they, they read a lot and they, and they read college age, age level. And, but, um, they're not really allowed to read most of Alan and mine's writing uh, because yeah, I think banned, not, not so much banned see, at not, home. <laughs> yeah, not, not so much because they couldn't handle it. I don't think I could handle it. So that, that's how it probably works. Got it. Got it. Yeah, and for my kids, I've got a, a boy and a girl. They're both in their early twenties. Uh, my son, uh, he, he's the kind of kid where uh, we'd wrap up a day uh, as I tuck him in for the night, talking about. Uh, how the universe got started or uh, how cells work. Uh, just a guy that's fascinated by how life works. Uh, he's, a, he's a force. Yeah, it's just wonderful. And I love, and probably another thing for Jason and I, we both of us are, are uh, avid readers of that kind of thing too, history, uh, science, just the way things, the way things work and, and the mysteries that, that go into that. Uh, so my son Torin is, uh, he is that kind of guy. Uh, my daughter, uh, Kaya, is uh, a budding actress uh, and uh, so a very creative person. She's a singer. She's an actress. And the funny thing is uh, when she is asked or maybe forced to write by her acting instructor, uh, she's probably a better writer than I am. Uh, she, she hasn't. I, you know, I'm, I'm taking it slow. I'm not, uh, not forcing her to, uh, to follow in daddy's footsteps. But uh, but I think there's something there, and I I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how that develops as time goes on. In closing, if somebody wants to contact you guys, gentlemen, uh, give out any contact information. I know your website is Harris Gray. Give out any way where people can find you on Twitter and Facebook, or give out any contact information you'd like. Yeah, uh, so Harris Gray, like you said, harrisgray.com, uh, gray with an A. Uh, <clears throat> on Twitter, we are we are Harris and Gray, I believe. Uh, Facebook, we are Harris Gray author. Uh, Jason, am I covering it anywhere else? That that uh, and of course we're on Amazon, so you can find our books on Amazon.com. Uh, whether uh, whether you're an ebook fan or uh, or in print, uh, we we try to get out there in as many places as we can to to show up when you're when you're looking for us. This has been the Funky Writers Show with me, Robert Batista. I'm at at author R Batista on Twitter. You can find my ebooks on Smashwords.com and my novels on Amazon.com. Look for my new novel, The Devil on Line One, coming. In the spring of 2016, my guests have been two great guys, Jason and Alan, Harris Gray. Vampire Vic, the second installment, is coming up. Thank you so much, guys, for being guests on the Funky Writers Show. Thank you, Robert. Thank it's you. Been it's been a pleasure. It's been great, guys. Bye now.